Welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast, where we'll be reading through all four books in the Inheritance Cycle series, chapter-by-chapter, page-by-page. We'll also offer our own insights, theories, and first impressions of the wonderful world of Allegasia. May good fortune rule over you, may the stars watch over you, and may peace live in your heart. Hello, and welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast, where we talk about the Inheritance Cycle or Aragon series, page-by-page, chapter-by-chapter. I'm one of your hosts, Teacup or Austin, and I'm here with my other host. I'm Sheikup or Shelby. You know, I think we say our names in a different order every episode of every podcast we do. (laughs) Probably. Whether we say our name or or like our gamer tag username. First or second. I'm pretty sure we have no consistency across the board. I mean, does it matter? No, but it's just thought I had. Just thought I had. Um, But so today, last week we talked, or last time we talked about the Miller to Be chapter, which is a short little chapter set mainly on the farmstead with Roran telling Garrow that he's leaving and Aragon being sad and heartbreaking scenes between Roran and Aragon and very calming and comforting scenes from Safira. Well, we're opening this week with Strangers in Carvajal, which basically starts with breakfast on the farm, a cold breakfast, uh, Garrow asking Roran if he has everything, uh, and then Garrow gives Roran and Aragon he gives Roran his blessing, and then he says words to Aragon and Roran about life advice. Roran says, I will return as soon as I can. Uh, and then Aragon uh, accompanies Roran to Carvajal. He goes with Dempton, and they part ways. And Horse comes up to Aragon and tells him about these strangers in Carvajal that had been hunting are looking for this blue stone. And Horse tells Aragon this, and Aragon decides to flee. He's briefly confronted with the strangers, and they have some kind of weird, like, dizzy effect on Aragon. Uh, Aragon is then confronted by Braum for a brief little bit, who he takes, he takes off Aragon's mitt and briefly sees the symbol on his hand. And then Aragon returns to go, says to go home. And uh, I found this really interesting that we're told Brom departs whistling a merry tune. Yeah. How can you be happy right now, my dude? What the hell? I know why he's happy, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm sure. I was taken aback. By yes. a lot of things in this chapter, but especially that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember reading this chapter and just kind of expecting it. I was like, okay, like tension that's going to be happening. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be some problem with these strangers. Um, though I do remember it the first time. The He does a wonderful job cleaning of 
like writing and making you feel the creepiness of these strangers. Yes, very much. Are you going to let me do my impressions now? Uh-huh. Okay. I didn't know if you still had more to say. No. So I have a lot of thoughts. Um, if you're a new listener to this show and you haven't listened to our other shows, I like lists. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I made a list of all of the things, all of the advice that Garrow gives Roran and Aragon to. Um, and I, I think that it's really good advice. So there are nine things that he says. The first one is the, is the first one is let no one rule your mind and body. The second one is give others your ear, not your heart. Three, respect those in power, but don't follow blindly. Four, judge with logic and reason, but don't comment on it. Number five, consider no one above you. Number six, treat everyone fairly. Number seven, be careful with money. Number eight, hold fast to your beliefs. And number nine, when it comes to love, be honest. I am taken aback by how like wise I view Garrow in this read through. And I didn't pick up on that in a lot of my read throughs. Oh, definitely didn't pick it up at 12 years old. But like everything that he says is like, I'm like, yes, like I want to just read that to every teenager I see. Um, Right. Um, And this is kind of skipping ahead a little bit, but it's a prediction. And I I really feel like this speech, whether Paulini intended it or not, I think that it's foreshadowing because I think that Aragon and his party, whomever they may be, they're going to encounter situations of every single one of these. And so he's going to have the opportunity to practice these or not. Right. I definitely um, agree with you from thinking that this, this speech is a big time foreshadowing. Um, and both for Aragon and Roran's stories, these words, especially reading them with hindsight, echo strongly into their character arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyone who's listening to this who have read these series will know what I'm talking about. But they're, they're big words and they're big. It's almost like a lot of this, Pavalini, I feel like it's not only introducing like foreshadowing of the character arcs, I feel like he's introducing the themes of his book mm-hmm. in this speech. Um, which one of my favorite things that he says is um, uh, take special cares that your thoughts remain unfettered. One may be a free man and yet be bound tighter than a slave. Yeah. Um, and then I really love the the one that consider none your superior, whatever their rank or station in life. But he also follows that with treat others fairly, which I yeah. think is a tension that you have to hold in life. And I, agree. I really love that. 
Uh, my favorite one is the respect to those in power, but don't follow them blindly. I think that's a really, <laughs> really, really important thing that we all need to remember. Um, yes. At the end of my list, I also wrote Garo kind of embarrassed, LOL. Because <laughs> he's embarrassed that he's like said all this, which I think is really funny. Yes. Um, and it's just like, I, I picture it like the typical dad who's like had this heartfelt moment and then he like sniffs like he's not going to cry. And he's just like, all right, go on. <laughs> right. So true. Well, let's move on into... Um, other things that happen in this chapter because unfortunately this is not this is not everything so um i was really sad that aragon and roran don't have a heart to heart yeah i really wanted them to have a heart to heart on their walk but they didn't and i was sad Mm -hmm. so aragon is just kind of like stewing you know like he's not happy (laughs) And he's even more unhappy when Dempton basically offers him a job in a couple years. Like he's like very right. much like, I don't want to do that. Well, and it's like, I was reminded of, you know, often uh, when you and I are watching a show together and there's a character that you don't like, but they get kind of like a tragic backstory or some type of like thing that offers their like that opens up their character more, you'll often say, don't make me like them. And I feel like that's Aragon's attitude to Denton. Don't make me like you. Yeah, very true. That's so true. Um, This is also the chapter where any man who is nice to Aragon immediately says, Shelby, immediately I say, dad, is that? His dad, anyone, any man who is nice to Aragon immediately. Is that his father? <laughs> so, like, who who comes to mind in this one? So, I, I wrote, strange men in black show up asking about the egg. Horst is the one who tells Aragon, parentheses, dad, question mark. <laughs> and then I wrote later, Brahm rescues Aragon from strangers and finds out kind of about Safira, parentheses dad question mark (laughs) so um this is the chapter where i started doing that i i feel like this is a trend that will continue we'll see um i also think the quote on page 66 is interesting um it's Horst and Aragon. Horst is talking to Aragon, warning him about the strangers. And Aragon mm-hmm. asked, um, Aragon, it says Aragon blanched. So he doesn't really ask, but he he's like, you can clearly tell he's not okay. And Horst says, no one with any sense said anything. They know trouble when they see it, but I could name a few people who will talk. And I wrote in my notes, all caps, Sloan. And then what <laughs> happens? Sloan. Sloan. That little butt. It's not like it gets him anything to talk. Like they're not going to reward you. They're not going to give you mm-hmm. money. Why are you being a jerk? Right. Anyway. He just wants like, I, I honestly, in reality, I don't understand sloan's motivation here to tell about the stone um 
later in the story, in the stories, I do understand Sloane's motivation, but here I don't really. Mm-hmm. And be, and it doesn't, it kind of breaks the small town illusion for me because like, most of the time, if you're someone coming in from the outside asking about someone in town, most of the like, for lack of a better word, the townies are not going to be helpful to you. Sure. That is very um, true. To quote wise words, we ain't no snitch. No, that's fair. Um, other things I thought about this chapter that were significant. So they use Shade's blood as an insult. Yes. And then the other thing is that the strangers, when they come, their speech, the way they're speaking is like they're hissing. Um, Mm. Nothing good ever hisses. I'm just going to assert that. That's true. That's true. And I think that's kind of a literary thing that's kind of left over from just thousands of years of having the Adam and Eve narrative of the serpent who is the tempter. Right. And there is just kind of like humans tend to have like a primal hesitation to snakes, spiders, anything that we know instinctively that, oh, they could bite us and kill us. Sure. But I really don't understand uh, Sloane's motivation. But I think the interaction with Brom is really interesting. Um, and just like Brom just shows up. I just, yeah, like, and like why? maybe he was looking for Aragon, but that seems really convenient. But why was he then looking for Aragon? How did he even know Aragon was in town? He says he heard Aragon was in town and he wanted to know more about aragon's lie with the traitor that knew about dragons that's suspicious brahm is moving up the ranking of aragon dad potential interesting interesting all right so uh you have any predictions or any other impressions you want to share um I kind of feel like, and maybe this is wrong, but I kind of feel like the strangers, um, I feel like they're going to come back. I feel like they might be shades. Um, Mm. I feel like, I feel like that's it. I think that's all the predictions I have. Well, that's all I have. We'll want to remind you that you can join us on the Cups Podcasting and more Discord. You can follow us on Twitter at Inheritance Page. Uh, you can listen to our other podcasts, the Assassin's Creed Lorecast, the Dragon Age Lorecast, my other podcast, the Holocron History. Um, if you want information about all that, join the Discord. It's a great place to be. But other than that, we'll see you next time with the next chapter, Flight of Destiny.
Thank you for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Inheritance Page or email us at inheritancepage at gmail.com. Make sure you join us on Discord in the Cups Podcasting and more. All links are in the episode description. May good fortune rule over you. May the stars watch over you and may peace live in your heart.